0: You're listening to a Roddenberry Podcast. Far back in the mists of ancient time, 1977, in the great and glorious days of the British Broadcasting Corporation, radio comedy was simple, predictable, and on the whole quite stayed. Audio production involved actors performing live with the insertion of simple sound effects such as Door Slam A, Door Slam B, and the odd comic boeing, with the end result being bundled off for broadcast and monophonic on Radio 4. And then, one day, a young man writing for the BBC worked out the premise of a wholly new type of radio show, a science fiction comedy, a production with a groundbreaking mixture of performance, sound effects, and music, a bit like crossing Pink Floyd with the apocalypse, only with jokes. And this man, whose name was Douglas Adams, went on to become one of the best-selling comedy writers of the 20th century, and his creation, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, one of the best-known radio series ever made. This is not its story, but rather the story of what happened next. I'm Ryan Myers, and this is Sci-Fi 5, your five minutes of science fiction history for October 12th, and today marks the 43rd anniversary of the publication of Douglas Adams' first novel. With the overnight success of the first Hitchhiker's Guide radio series, various publishing houses in Great Britain took notice. The BBC's publishing branch did not take notice, which later was widely regarded as a bad move. In August of 1978, Adams signed a deal with Pan Books to produce a Hitchhiker's Guide novel to be released in October of the following year. At first, he had some trepidation about the project and convinced his flatmate and fellow writer John Lloyd to co-write the book. Lloyd had already contributed ideas to the radio series when Adams found himself overextended, writing for both the radio show and for Doctor Who. However, Adams soon changed his mind and decided to write the book alone, which resulted in no small amount of awkwardness between them. The fact that they had already booked a writing retreat together on the Greek Isle of Corfu might have made matters more awkward. However, by then the two gentlemen had settled their differences, leaving Adams to spend his days typing, whilst Lloyd sampled the wares of the local bars. The great depth and breadth of procrastination practiced by Douglas Adams is, of course, legendary. After breaking past several deadlines, he was finally told by his publisher to stop on the chapter he was working on and hand the manuscript over. Thus, he only managed to adapt the first four radio episodes. And so, the book was published. To the surprise of nearly everyone, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy debuted at number one and sold over a quarter million copies in three months. A U.S. edition was published by Harmony Books a year later, with various British spellings and idioms altered for American audiences. Harmony ran a promotional campaign in Rolling Stone magazine, to give away 3,000 copies of the paperback, right around the same time that National Public Radio began airing the radio series in America, both events being fairly effective publicity back in the day when digital watches were still considered a pretty neat idea. And the rest, of course, is history. Adams rewrote the remaining radio scripts into a sequel, The Restaurant at the End of the Universe, and ultimately penned five best-selling books in the series, which, for increasingly obscure reasons, is still marketed as a trilogy. The story of The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy is widely known outside of genre fandom, perhaps because it has been told in a bewildering array of forms, including television shows, record albums, stage plays, computer games, comic books, and a motion picture. Doubtless opera, virtual reality, and interpretive dance will someday join them, followed by tapestries and petroglyphs once human civilization has finally collapsed. Until then, may we all go through life benefiting from the three major lessons that this book has taught to us. Never drink more than two Pan-Galactic Gargle Blasters, always know where your towel is, and of course, don't panic. This has been 5 Minutes of Science Fiction History, your daily Sci-Fi 5, for October 12th. Sci-Fi 5 is produced by Roddenberry Entertainment.